Method Man. Yes, we are live back in action. Just days away from the NFL's main attraction as Super Bowl 56 is starting to gain traction and the crew is here to give our reaction. Welcome back for another live edition of the 3rd and 3 podcast presented by the Sports Column and along with 3rd and 3 podcast.com getting ready to the preview, perceive, and predict what will happen when the Bengals and Rams face off Super Bowl Sunday. Here with me, as always, the prideful, powerful, passionate princess of podcasting, Tricky Nikki. Guess what up? Hi. Oh, I like that. The princess of podcasting. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad you like it. It's all for you. There you go. And as for D, my man, our determined, dedicated, driven, dope-ass coach, Damian Adams, the real deal, what's happened then? What's up, man? Another Wednesday night. Always glad to do, you know, spend it with you guys and talk football. So let's get into it. Let's do it. We're here to rock and roll. What up, Niffin? How you doing, man? First to jump in and say what's up. And uh, yeah, it is all NFL. We got the Super Bowl coming up in a few days from now. NFL Honors Awards. Of course, we got knowledge with Nikki. Do some Hall of Fame talk as well. So if y'all ready to go, we ready to go. Third and three podcast is here. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. Well, starting it up, guys, how would you like to start with the NFL Honors Awards? And this will be the real NFL Honors because whatever they do doesn't count. But we do count. (laughs) That's what it's all about, right? So, MVP. I keep hearing Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. What's up? Where are you guys going, Nikki? You going with somebody different or one of those two? Um. What did you say? Sorry. I think I mean, you're not in school. Yeah, right. What Raise you your hand on right now. Yeah, <laughs> <we're> on now. <laughs> uh, that's why she's tricky, Nikki. Tricky, Nikki. Find out who is going to win or who you think at least should win the NFL MVP this year. Well, I think it should be Cooper Cup, but it's probably going to be Aaron Rodgers because I, of course, made my own awards and I <laughs> would give. Hold on. What did I? Oh, yes, my You Wouldn't Be Here Without Me Award goes to Cooper Cup. Oh, I dig it. I dig it right there. All right. Hey, we're saying what's up to Mob. What up, Jordan? All right, doing a little NFL honors action. So you think they're going to give it to Rodgers, but Cooper Cup deserves it in your mind. Yes. D, I'm going to piggyback off it because I'm giving it to Cooper Cup. There's no way, like she said, that the Rams would be here with that. Or, yeah, I understand Quarterback, most important position. It's basically that award we talked about last show that we just give it out to quarterbacks, and they're talking a lot of Aaron Rodgers. But I think Tom Brady may win this award for the fact that he threw the ball 174 more times, had the most touchdowns and yards in the league. Now, again, I'm still going with Cooper Cup, but I'm starting to think that Tom Brady may deserve it more than Rodgers. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, Tom Brady does have a compelling case when you look at the players that he lost throughout the year, Antonio Brown, Godwin, uh, that defense not being up to snuff for most of the year, especially the secondary, not being up to snuff for most of the year. Nope. And with Green Bay, their defense was good for the most part. Their Achilles Hill was the special teams, which we saw against the 49ers in the playoffs. But that wouldn't affect Rodgers come regular season time when, when you talk about the MVP. Uh, so I can see Brady being over Rodgers for that. Cooper Cup definitely deserves some consideration and should be on the ballot. And we talked about it, I believe that was last week, we said we should make a separate award. Yep. The, you know, baseball has a Cy Young. We should have something for the quarterback. It could be like the Golden Arm Award. Or like I said, I can see it being called the Tom Brady Award. I wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> um, so, but since it's not separate, the most valuable player is the quarterback. So I would have to go with Rodgers because of his efficiency. Yeah. The unreal touchdown interception ratio that he keeps is just ridiculous. It is. And when you look at, honestly, when you look at what happened when he didn't play, it shows how important he is to the team. Uh, Jordan point. Love just isn't ready. And a game against the Chiefs where the defense held the Chiefs to 13 points. And they still couldn't win because they didn't have Rodgers. Uh, shows his importance. So as much of uh, a nuisance that he can be, I'm pretty sure he'll get mentioned in one of Nikki's awards that she'll have, <laughs> that she has yes. there. Uh, he still deserves to be MVP, in my opinion. All right. All right. So it looks like we got uh, 
what, we got two for Rogers and one for Cooper Cup, but Nikki, you're thinking that Cooper deserves it. And Damien, you ain't taking away from the other two. And yeah, I won't be surprised if, of course, Rogers gets it again for a second consecutive year, which would be amazing with all the offseason stuff. But played a great season. So did Tom Brady. Some would say that he did more with less. Some argue the other way. Um, again, I just Cooper Cup's numbers, um, who was I'm skipping forward to as we're going to the offensive player of the year. He's my offensive player of the year, too. For 145 rece- uh, receptions, uh, <laughs> 1,947 receiving yards and 16 touchdowns. I don't know any other place to go except for Cooper Cup for Offensive Player of the Year award. You guys may have different opinions, but uh, let's hear it. Nikki, what are you? Nope, I have nope. I have Cooper Cup, i.e. see my you wouldn't be here without me award. Yeah. He literally mm-hmm. would not be in the Super Bowl without him. So I agree. I really agree. I do. I mean, his numbers are ridiculous, Damian. There are other players who put up great numbers this year as well. Uh, and again, quarterbacks are included in this. So what say you? Yeah, I got to go with Cooper Cup, triple crown winner at wide receiver. You mentioned the stats he put up. You know what it makes me think about, though? What if Megatron got to play a 17-game season? Mm. The amount yeah. of yards and catches he could have put up with an extra game. Because didn't he have a season where he was almost at 2,000 yards? He just missed it, like yeah. by like 40 yards or something, yeah. Yeah, with 16 games and playing for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> so I feel like you always have to include that as uh, a barrier that you have to overcome <laughs> <laughs> in your stats. Uh, but, yeah, Cooper Cup. Deserves Officer Player of the Year, like you say, deserves consideration for MVP. Officer Player of the Year, no consideration due. Like it's his. Like it, yeah. no, no one else needs to be considered for that one. Honestly, yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor would have given him a run for his money, literally, as he'd been running the ball all over the place. But yeah. came up maybe just a little bit short of, I guess, look, eighteen hundred uh, plus yards and eighteen touch. I mean, it's phenomenal. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's definitely a guy that deserves to be on the ballot, no question. But um, we'll get there in a minute. Uh, we still have Defensive Player of the Year. Let's do that. Defensive Player of the Year. Damien, why don't you kick it off? Uh, defensive Player of the Year is pretty tough, man. There's a, a lot of good candidates this year. We talked about it a little bit in your Twitter spaces. Um, for me, I would have to, after like much deliberation in my mind, I think Darius Leonard deserves it. When you look at the amount of forced fumbles, the interceptions, the amount of turnovers that he creates for that defense is amazing. To go along with the tackles, to go along with being the guy who calls the shots, I think that should be a part of it as well. The fact that he's the one who's the quarterback of the defense, to go along with the impact he has on the statistics side, I think it should be him for defense player of the year. Man, Nikki, before you go, I have to agree with him right there. Darius Leonard. I, yeah, could Aaron Donald, we could have talked about, and, you know, a few other players, obviously. But Darius Leonard, 75 solo tackles, but 122 combo, 47 assisted, eight forced fumbles, which is freaking insane to go along with four interceptions, like you mentioned, D. Eight passes defended, three fumble recoveries. I don't know what what more you want. I mean, he was the backbone of that Colts defense. And like you said, he was the shot caller over there. He was the one calling the plays, uh, making sure that everybody's lined up correctly. I don't know what more you can do as a defensive player than what Darius Leonard did. So I agree with uh, Damian on this one, Nikki. Yeah, um, I think they're going to give it to TJ Watt, though. They might. Yeah, you know, 22 guys, and a Yeah, and he still missed two games. I mean – Literally, he was the entire defense. So, I mean, he still had a hell of a season with missing two games and was able to tie Strahan's record. So, I think they will give it to TJ Watt, and I wouldn't be mad at it. No, I mean, I wouldn't be mad either. I mean, look, it was phenomenal. It wasn't just all about sacks either with him. He would get into the backfield. He would take on double, triple teams. So, yeah, TJ Watt, obviously a guy I definitely thought of for that category as well. So, makes sense, and I wouldn't be shocked if he won it over Leonard. Uh because of the sacks, but he's more than that, as we know. Um, how about offensive rookie of the year? Nikki. Oh, Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah. And everybody said that the Bengals were stupid for right. taking him, right? They got so much heat for that. Joke's on you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how about that? Yup, I agree with her. 81 receptions, 1,455 receiving yards, and 13 touchdowns, Damian. There's no question for me. Yeah, no, nah, I got Jamar Chase as well. Uh, give a shout out to Mario. I don't know his exact uh, Twitter handle. Um, Twitter spaces made a good argument for Mac Jones. Uh, mm. But 
I still after even after his great argument, I still can't see it. <laughs> like if Jamar, <laughs> Jamar Chase was elite this year as a wide receiver, and Mac Jones should get second place. I'm not mad at that. Uh, but he was okay as a quarterback. He just happened to be the best rookie quarterback because the other rookies either struggled because of their circumstances or just were trash by themselves. <laughs> and with Jamar Chase, I just can't wait to see him get more consistent, right? Because this yeah. year you mentioned it. Sometimes he'll have a game where he'll go off of 200 yards and then he'll disappear for a game or two. Mm-hmm. When he gets more consistent where he's getting 100 or maybe 85 to 100 yards every game and then explode and have that 200-yard game. When he gets to that point, it's going to be scary. So, yeah, Jamar Chase is my office rookie of the year. Yeah, well, he was – and that's the thing. He was so electric in so many games. And Mac Jones, you know, did a very good job. There's no doubt about it. Um, but when it comes down to it, man, Jamar Chase totally stood out uh, head and shoulders above the rest. There's no doubt in my opinion. So, all right, well, defensive rookie of the year. Is there really a question over here, guys? Top three, everybody. One, two, three. Michael Parsons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, 13 sacks, 64 solo tackles, 20 assisted, 84 combo, um, 20 tackles for loss. 20 tackles for a loss. That is freaking Damn. amazing. And three force fumbles. Micah Parsons, we called it, all of us called it from the beginning before he even set foot on an NFL field, that he would be the defensive rookie of the year and got his name in for defensive player of the year for a while. But uh, like we mentioned, we have a couple of guys over him. So, yeah, Micah Parsons right there. How about comeback player of the year, Damian? Oh, comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people aren't going to like to hear this, but Dak Prescott, what he okay. was able to do uh, after coming off that injury this year, uh, leading the Cowboys to the playoffs at one point, having a lot of us except Nikki believing that the Cowboys could have made some noise. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I said what he did this year and his impact on that team. And you have to give him credit for that. So I'll give him comeback player of the year. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I got no problem with that. Dak was awesome. Uh, yeah. Up until the last couple of weeks of the season, and then my nine is to care of him. But Nikki, what do you think? I see your Dak Prescott, and I raise you one Joe Burrow, who, oh, actually has his team in the Super Bowl, and Dak doesn't. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I have to agree with her. The uh, 4,611 passing yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 picks, second-year guy completion percentage, about 70.4%. All right? That's pretty freaking good. And like Nikki said, now he's got his team in the Super Bowl. They probably will give it to Dak, though, because God forbid you leave it up <laughs> out. I don't no, know. I'm not, I'm not mad to Joe Burrow pick at all. Like, and it's <laughs> funny because you almost forget that he got hurt last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. But he, you know, it was a nasty knee injury, and he came back from it very strong and is fearless. He is fearless, and I can't wait to see what he does on Sunday. Amazing. Yep. Really. I can't wait to talk about that Super Bowl. Watch that Super Bowl. We're going to get into it in a little bit after we finish giving out our awards. Uh, coach of the year. Um, I went back and forth a little bit, but I ultimately had to give it a Mike Vrabel. There were 91 players injured or had COVID. They still ended up with the number one seed. Derrick Henry missed half the season. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown were constantly hurt. You're talking about their three best players. And they were still, again, able to hold it together, bring in their backups, whoever it may be. And Vrabel got them to the number one seed in the AFC conference. And, and again, doing it without his best players and with an NFL record, 91 players used on the roster. So I can understand why people might go a different direction, but I like Mike Vrabel for this one thing. I'm not mad at the Vrabel pick. I do feel like they got the number one seed due to other teams not playing up to their potential instead of them playing well. Mm-hmm. Like Buffalo, Kansas City, I believe, are both better teams uh, and didn't just play up to their potential throughout the year. So for me, I had to go with Matt LaFleur for Green okay. Bay. Uh, really like what they did this year and his brilliance as far as bringing the best out of Rodgers with that offense really shows. Uh, defensively, they've improved, you know, dropped all three years that he's been there and getting number one seed in the NFC was a big to do this year. Uh, so I got Matt LaFleur as my coach of the year. I am not mad at that, guys. And his rookie year won 13 games, second year 13, uh, third year uh, 13 games. So, I mean, you keep some winning. Yeah, you got Aaron Rodgers over there, but there's something to be said for the consistent winning. So, I got no problem with that. What do you think, Nikki? 
Zach Taylor, third year yeah. head coach. <laughs> Love them Bengals. I mean, Cincinnati was like practically laughing stock, last in the division, right? And you're one game away from winning the Super Bowl. I mean, if that if that doesn't speak to coaching, yes, it is talent. Yes, it is players and building a good team. But you got to coach those players up, and we all know it starts from the top. That is like a crazy feat to do in three years. So. Yeah. And he may very well win the coach of the year. I mean, he's definitely gaining a lot of ground on that one. There's no doubt. So, yep, we can see that. All right, we, all, we had three different ones. LaFleur, Mike Vrabel, and Zach Taylor. We'll see uh, one of the three. I bet you he's going to win them. Best defense in the league. Damian, you mentioned them. Uh, the Buffalo Bills all around. Best defense. At times, they did not show it. That is true, of course. And in the second half and in overtime against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the divisional round, I mean, they were just gassed. They were tired. But – I looked at it all year long. I considered Tampa. I considered the Rams, um, a few other teams, Indianapolis even. But when I looked at it and I saw the Bills and they had that streak where they were giving up like seven points a game and the turnovers they created, I had I had to go with the Buffalo Bills thing. I'm not mad at that pick. They led the league in uh, points against all year. So I can see why when you look at those results, it's hard to go against that. Yeah. Uh, but a team that I watched closely all year, of course, was my New Orleans Saints. Mm. That, that defense was amazing all year. If they had half the offense the Bills had, we would have been in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> like, they, like, and you look at some of like the big moments the Saints defense had, shutting out Tampa Bay on Sunday yeah. Night Football, a game where Sean Payton wasn't even there to coach. Uh, probably one of the reasons Dennis Allen ended up getting that job. Mm. Uh, and the defense, if the offense was better – they would have had better defensive stats, right? Because they wouldn't have been on the field as much. You'd have more time possession, wouldn't be as tired in the games. Uh, but even with that, we still went nine and eight with that offense being horrible. So that shows you how great that defense was. I like that. Uh, that's a good sneaky pick right there at the Saints, you know, because uh, they didn't make the playoffs and there was nothing much to speak of offensively. So, yeah, you, it's easy to forget about them. But, no, they one of the best defenses in the league. I got no problem with that, D. That's a pretty good call. All right. What about you, Nikki? Yeah, I'm with you, Jay. I took Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo, uh, they definitely had it going on. Maybe the best two defenses in the league when you consider AFC and NFC. So, all right, Nikki and I and the Bills, Damian on his home team, Saints. Most exciting player in the league. I don't even know if this is actually a category, but it sounds fun. And I thought of it because of my man, Debo Samuel. I can't think of anybody more fun to watch in the league than this guy. 77 catches, 1,455 receiving yards, six receiving touchdowns, but also 365 yards on the ground, eight rushing touchdowns, 6.2 yards per attempt. And again, just watching him fly down the field, just shoving guys off him, stiff-arming dudes. People can't tackle him trying to go by the legs. He's kneeing him in the head. The guy's a monster. He's the most exciting player in the league for me, Nikki. Yeah, he was on my list. I mean, you could really just, like, take your pick. Like, you like Josh Allen. You like to watch Matt Stafford sling it on a wing and a prayer and hope. Um, this may not be, like, you know, the sexiest pick here, but when Lamar Jackson is healthy, Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews is damn exciting to watch. And just what Lamar Jackson can do when he's healthy and these, like, escape artist moves that he does – not taking anything away from Debo. I figured one of you would go there. So I thought I would show Lamar Jackson a little bit of love. But that connection he has with Mark Andrews, I think that is one of the most exciting tandems in the league that you can watch. It's pretty amazing. And, hey, you know what? That's a great call, Lamar. Yes, he did get hurt this year, understandably. But he he's still, I mean, if you're going to pay money to you know buy a ticket to go see a player in the NFL, he would probably be number one on most people's list. So I got no argument there. D, what about you? Yeah, Nikki mentioned my guy, Josh Allen. Uh, watching him play is just amazing. Some of the throws that he makes, like throwing it 40 yards on a rope, hmm. is like, how in the world can you yeah. do that? And then you you mix that and match that monster arm with being 6'5", 240, being able to beat a running game for your team, right? You One play, he can make a 40-yard you know, throw on a rope, and then the next play, he can run a QB sweep. And next thing you know, he's running for 15 yards and he's running over people like he literally put one of the Chiefs players out of the game. 
Uh, like, <laughs> like he's just it's crazy exciting to watch Josh Allen, man. I'm still mad they lost Kansas City. But, <laughs> I'm not gonna let it go. No, nope. I'm not, I'm not gonna let it go. Until next season, right? <laughs> but Josh Allen for me, I love watching the Bills play just because of him. All right, hey, shout out to my sister. My sister's in hey, all right. Hi, Rach. Miss you. We haven't seen each other in like a week, and you know, we get very upset. Oh, I think it's even longer than that. I'm like a week. I'm no, like, oh, we're like we're so close. We're best friends. You know, we talk every single day, and we try to go to dinner like once a week, once every other week. So, oh, that's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And she misses you right back, as you can see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, Kelly, most exciting player, Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah, you're not going to get a huge argument. Uh, we've got an yeah. offensive player, you know, MVP candidate, all that, man, no doubt. So, how about um, surprise player of the year, Nikki? What do you say about that one? Wait, what did I have for surprise player of the year? Oh, you, you got yeah. it. I don't know. Damien can go first if while you're looking. So for surprise player of the year, I hate to continue to beat the same drum, but I did not expect this from Cooper Cup. <laughs> like I didn't <laughs> didn't expect him That's to right. you know have this type of year. I always knew he was good, but didn't know he was great. Uh, and that's what he showed this year that he is a great wide receiver. And, you know, adding Stafford, I expected the wide receivers to be better. Uh, but for him to take this monstrous of a jump, I didn't expect at all. So he's my surprise player of the year. All right. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, I, I got one that's similar to you. I knew this guy was a good player, but I did not know that he was going to go ahead and rush for 1,811 yards and 18 touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, you got my vote. Surprise player of the year. Yeah, I knew you were a good player, but I didn't know you were going to put up those kind of numbers when everybody was stacking the box up against you and you still did it. Jonathan Taylor, huge surprise right there for me, Nikki. Mm, you know what? I'd probably have to agree with you. He kind of came out of nowhere. A little bit. A little, little bit. bit. Like I didn't expect him. Like, what do you turn it on week four, five-ish? I feel like he started yeah. by the, um, yeah, yeah, the Colts started off slow too. So like once True. they got, when he got going, they got going basically. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly what happened because, yeah, they started out, what, one and four or whatever it was. Yeah, as soon as yeah. Jonathan Taylor started moving, bam, there you go. Yeah, no doubt. So that he'd be my surprise player. I'm along with Nikki on that one. Um, surprise team. Nikki, it's the Bengals, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I didn't see this it's, coming. Yeah, it's unanimous. The Bengals surprise team this year. Like, didn't expect – like, we all expect them to be better. But not this. <laughs> so not there. you got to give them props for that. Not representing the AFC in the Super Bowl this. That's pretty yeah. freaking amazing. Wow. Um, yeah, surprise team. All right. How about uh, we did surprise play? How about biggest disappointment? Um, we got biggest disappointment player and team. For player, I got to go Baker Mayfield. 3,010 yards, 17 touchdowns, 13 picks. And only a 60% completion rate. That's very disappointing after what happened last year when they were in the playoffs. Yeah, I know that they were banged up. They had COVID. They had to deal with things like everybody else did. And it's like, oh, OBJ is gone. Maybe he'll be better now. No, he wasn't good with them. He wasn't good with that. But he showed signs that he was going to be getting better last year, like taking that next step, you know, and this guy's got confidence, building more of it. But he did not show up this year. And I know that he was on a bruised shoulder for a while. I understand all that. But before that, he wasn't playing well either, Damien. So I have to go with Baker. That's a good pick. Uh, with my most disappointing player, I'm going to give it to a combo of Sam Donald and Cam Newton. Mm. Uh, just, and just really, you know, he started off 3-0 and and everybody was like, oh, okay, Sam Donald, maybe the Panthers will do something. And after 3-0, and it just all went downhill from there. Uh, Sam Donald got hurt in the process. You bring in Cam Newton. He has the I'm back game. He's screaming at people, and then it just nothing comes of it at all. He just was horrible uh, and just looks done. He looks finished. Uh, Sam Donald looks like he's going to be a career backup. Yeah. It's, yeah, those two guys were very disappointed for Carolina. So I had to give it to a, them to split up that crow that they can eat for that one. Hey, hey. <laughs> on that one. Play quarterback in Carolina. Um, no good. <laughs> no good. That's not going to work out. So, um, all right, going with disappointing player. Nikki, what do you got? We are mind melding. I literally have on my iPad biggest letdown of the year award, and it's a rap award. Biggest <laughs> letdown of the year goes to Cam Newton, and it's a rap on Sam Darnold. <laughs> 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 
That is fantastic. I love it. You I see? was so hyped when he came back, right? Yeah. Like said, he's like, I'm back. And he's going crazy, screaming and yelling. And like, what the hell happened? And Sam Darnold. What he, happened is right. Damn. 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 Uh, d- yep. Definitely their disappointment. Most disappointing team. Um, I just talked about them. The Browns are definitely in there along with the Seahawks. I couldn't decide which one be, so I put them both there. Browns and Seahawks, AFC, NFC, disappointing teams. Yeah, no, nah, they're both right there for me as well. Um, if you could throw anybody else in the conversation, what about the Chargers, right? Because the Chargers, we a lot of people expect them to do better this year and make the playoffs. I had them pair. I think Nikki had them pick to make the playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. And we were just – it was there. Like it was right there for them to do it. And then you turn around, you lose to Houston and not only lose to Houston, but you get blown out by Houston in a week where you needed to solidify a playoff position. And then you go against the Raiders in a game where it's literally win, tie or lose. <laughs> and you go home right? And you, and you have a chance to get the tie and go to the playoffs <laughs> and you don't even do that. Right. Uh, so I guess you can throw in <laughs> most disappointing coach. Now, I know for you, there'll be Brandon Staley for sure. (laughs) I'm going to throw the Chargers in my most disappointing team because they had the opportunities. Like, the Browns are disappointing, but it looks like we could see that early on. Like, okay, this team isn't what we expect them to be. With the Chargers, they kind of, like, teased us. Like, okay, you're showing us the potential, and then somehow messed it up. So, for me, I had the Chargers in my most disappointing. Hey, man, you know how I feel about that. And they have (laughs) – they have talent all over the place, and their coach yeah. screwed it right the hell up for him, Nikki. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I was pretty disappointed team-wise in the Washington team commander, <laughs> Redskin defense, whatever, just because, you know, going into the season, I even said it in the summer, that's where I had to eat some crow. I mean, you just thought they were going to have this great defense and they had flashes and they had some pretty good games, but they did not reach the potential near what I think any any of us thought they would. So I was yeah. disappointed in them. Not that I want them to have a good year, but if I'm going to come out publicly and predict something, you hope that like you get kind of close to right on. It. No doubt. No they doubt. They definitely were the most disappointing unit, that defense yeah. for sure. Hell, it's amazing. Uh, Kelly's got uh, AFC Steelers and NFC Seahawks. Yeah, I'm with you on the Seahawks there. The Steelers kind of liked it a little better than some people thought. But, hey. Yeah, I didn't expect them to make the playoffs. No, I didn't see that one. Like they barely made the playoffs. The playoffs. Yeah. You know, like, all those things had to happen for them to sneak in there. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing how the NFL works. Uh, all right, we got a few more, four more categories left that are pretty quick. Quarterback of the year. Guys, um, I know a lot of love is going Aaron Rodgers' way, but I talked about Brady, 5,316 passing yards, led the league, 43 touchdowns, led the league, and 12 interceptions, which a few of them came in chunks. Otherwise, he was playing pretty clean the rest of the year. So QB of the year, yeah, I'm giving it to that man who just retired who's kind of saying that he may come back now. So I'm going to go there, uh, Nikki. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brady. You know, Brady too. I know. Yep. Love that Brady. Yeah, uh, it'll be poetic if Brady gets it and then they name it the Tom Brady Award and they take it more seriously as an award so that it's not just automatically MVP for the quarterback. The Tom Brady Award becomes a more significant one with that name attached to it. There you go. I think it'll be dope. All right. Yep. No doubt. Yep. Quarterback Tom Brady of the year. Running back. Is it anybody but Jonathan Taylor? No. No. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor was amazing this year. Like we said, the team really went and died with him like it was all about him and if you had to depend on Carson Wentz we saw what happened and as far as wide receiver goes we all mentioned Cooper Cup a million times like that we're going any other place for this year at least you know yeah Devontae Adams may be the best in the league but Cooper Cup had the best all-around year for sure Cooper Cup aka White Rice is what they call it yeah right right (laughs) I love it gotta love it that man can play it's unbelievable um tight end of the year Nikki, you mentioned earlier, I had to go with Mark Andrews, 107 receptions, 1,361 yards, receiving and nine touchdowns. What a year for Mark Andrews, Nikki. Oh, yeah. No, he's on my list. Absolutely, Mark Andrews. Yeah. At tight end of the year, D Field. I agree. Yeah, Mark Andrews had a monster year this year, yeah. kind of under the radar because Baltimore was struggling. Um, but you look at like someone like Travis Kelsey had his ups and downs this year, and while Mark Andrews was more consistent throughout. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. 
Mark Andrews was unbelievable this year. I mean, I knew he was a really, really great player, but uh, yeah, he showed up big time this year when they didn't really have many other people to throw the ball to. Um, all right, you know what? Let's talk a little Super Bowl, guys. I mean, shoot, the game is right around the corner. I think it's time for us to get into it. What do you say? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Um, all right, so like we said, kind of like tale of two cities over here. L.A. put a team together like L.A. teams do, like the Lakers tried, but it ain't working out so much for them, but it worked out pretty good for the Rams. They're in the game against Cincinnati, who nobody thought in the world were going to be there except for Nikki, <laughs> you know, yeah. giving them props and everything. But, yeah, young team coming in. Maybe that young, dumb thing is working for them. So we got Burrow going against Stafford. Um D, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw it to you, but I think the major differences, and you know, I always go here, but I think the defensive line of the Rams is going to win this game and really take control, and not just sack Joe Burrow, but cause fumbles, make him, you know, throw the ball off course, whatever it may be. But I think they're gonna get in his face enough, and they can score more points, unlike the Titans, where you can't be giving up all them sacks. Yeah. Now, the thing is, they've adjusted well to what happened after the Titans game. Right. We saw against the Chiefs how they were getting the ball out of Burrow's hands very quickly. Mm-hmm. I imagine this game that's going to start off the same way, where it's going to see a lot of screen passes, a lot of quick slants, things to get the ball out of Burrow's hands very quickly. And those screen passes will slow down that pass rush, especially if you have a few successful ones. So if yes. you're able to get a 10, 15 yard gain on a couple of screen passes. Now, Aaron Donald, Von Miller and those guys they're slowing down a little bit whenever they see a kind of a screen action going on because they don't want to give it that type of game. So I can't see them adjusting to that, but we've seen in Super Bowl's past where if the offensive line isn't ready, the defensive line can win it for you. Last year, Tampa Bay's defensive line had Patrick Mahomes running for his life. Yep. Uh, Patrick Mahomes probably had the best bad performance I've ever seen, like just <laughs> running around trying yeah. to make something happen. Uh, with no help around him, that was, it was nuts to see. Uh, now, Joe Burrow, as great as he is, isn't Patrick Mahomes. So if he has to do the same thing as Mahomes did last year, trying to make something happen, it's not going to be a good day. Mm. Uh, but I think they'll adjust to it. And as far as that aspect of the game, it's going to be big. But I think they'll be able to neutralize the defensive line somewhat. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that is a huge part of the game, no doubt. And, yeah, the Bengals can get their stuff together up front, Nikki, and give Burrow just even a little bit more time. And he's got receivers to throw to and Higgins and Chase and Boyd and then Mixon out of the backfield, Luzama, if he's going to be healthy. Nikki, you know what? They got a lot of weapons. You think the Rams can slow him down? Yeah, of course they can, especially if that line doesn't hold up. And I think that's where everybody's concern is, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at the Rams, like they – were not like built through the draft. They're not like that homegrown team, right? They were literally pieced together and like built for this moment. They've got like star power, celebrity power. I don't really think they have fans. Like the Rams are the team where like you're taking your client, right? Like, oh yeah, I have these great seats. Like, let's go see the Rams. Like they don't really have an LA fan base yet. I feel like it's just kind of fanfare. And you know, the Bengals are that feel good story. I will tell you this though. Like I said, nothing phases Joe Burrow. Absolutely nothing. He can make these in-game adjustments. He's got monster weapons. And if I had to bet on which quarterback is going to screw it up, I think it would be Matt Stafford. Oh, okay. Okay. So maybe we see where Nick is leaning a little bit. I think that Matt Stafford is more prone to making the mistakes too. I do agree. Um, But they are going to be, you know, the more most firepower offensive team beside the Chiefs that 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 they've seen. So there's so many weapons that they have to guard. Talking about Damien from the offensive standpoint, Cooper Cup, we just talked about him, all world wide receiver. Then there's OBJ, who people forget have probably the greatest hands in the game. Higby, I'm not sure if he's going to be in there or not, but now they got their running game going with Cam Akers and with Sony Michelle. I just think that Cincinnati is going to have a really hard time stopping LA. Yeah, it's going to be tough. We I liked what we saw from Cincinnati in the second half against the Chiefs. That defense made adjustments. They were more physical. And they also were able to disguise their looks. So a lot of times when you watch like the highlights from the second half of that game, they were dropping eight. And the Chiefs, for some reason, didn't take advantage by running the ball. So with the Rams, one thing they're going to do, they're going to continue to run the ball. Even if they can't really run the ball in a great way, they're going to continue to run the ball and be successful as far as establishing a run, even if it's 20 carries for 49 yards, 
they're still going to continue to run the ball. And like you mentioned, they're going to be able to do it in a better way against the Bengals than, say, against the 49ers, for example, when it comes to running the ball. So I can see them doing that and making it tough for the Bengals. But the Bengals, I think, will try to entice them to run the ball. I think they're going to try to take away the pass Mm -hmm. and have Sonny Michelle and Cam Akers beat them. If Sonny Michelle and Cam Akers go for 150 yards each and they lose that way, I think they'll be more satisfied than seeing Matthew Stafford just go all over the field to Cooper Cup and OBJ compared to them running the ball and making them be patient. So that's going to be the big question. If the Bengals decide to play that drop eight or drop seven defense and play those zones where it's kind of a physical zone against the Rams, are they going to be patient enough to run the ball against that and not try to force it? And if you do put it in Stafford's hands, does he throw up what I will now forever call the tart ball? Will he throw up those passes <laughs> and give you just free interceptions, or will he be patient and take what's there? Yeah, wish Tart caught that ball, man. Damn. Oh God. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things. If they try, all right, so let's say they try to take away the pass, Nikki, and then we're gonna make our predictions over here. I think the Rams can run on them because that offensive line is better than the Bengals' defensive line, so they could get pushback and they can make plays there, which will force again the Bengals to. Bring more guys in the box, whatever it may be, and then that can open up things for Stafford in the play-action game. And Sean McVay likes to run the ball in order to open up the pass. That's his offense. He's a run-first guy, and then they're going to throw. He comes from the same coaching tree as Kyle Shanahan or whatnot. So if the Rams do have to run the ball, do you think they can go for 125, 150 and beat Cincinnati that way? Yeah, no, of course they could. And we know that that's their game plan. We all know that's their game plan. So you know Cincinnati knows – you know, that's their game plan as well. I'll say this about the Cincinnati defense. Is it as good as the Rams? No. But let's keep in mind, they have done this entire run on the road, and their defense has stepped up and created turnovers when they needed to. So I do think creating turnovers is going to be a big difference. I don't think being on the road is really going to phase the Bengals. And you know what? Joe Burrow survived nine sacks, okay? Mm -hmm. And he still was able to get up and keep it moving. So I get everybody's point about the Rams, probably obvious where I'm going at this point. Um, But I, I just think that if the Bengals defense can create turnovers. And I guarantee you Matt Stafford is going to throw, I'm going to say two interceptions, crucial ones, crucial oh. interceptions. Yeah. All right. Going well, against your guy Stafford. I know. <laughs> I am all in. I don't care. I will give you my pick right now. I think it's going to come down to which quarterback is going to outplay the other one. I think it's going to be Joe Burrow. I think it's going to be an ill-timed interception and they're going to march down the field, kick a game-winning field goal. I have the Bengals winning the Super Bowl. At this point, I have to. I've been all in on them all year, so I have to roll with it. Hey, you were in on both of these teams, to give you credit. Yes. You know, it, it, That wasn't your Super Bowl pick, but you were still high on both of these teams. So you get a lot of credit for that one. And, D, um, damn, I – I want to pick Cincinnati. I do because I almost feel like it's like a team of destiny or something like that this year. You know, road warriors doing everything. But when I look at it, the Rams are just a more complete team. Sean McVay has been to the Super Bowl before. So he understands how things work. You know, halftime is different. When you come out of the tunnel, it's different. You got to, you got to, you know, exert your energy, make sure you don't give up too much before the game even starts. Um, I think I'll have his team more well-prepared than Zach Taylor will not taking anything away from Zach Taylor, but I think that will go into it. And again, the Rams just have more weapons. Now, like what Nikki said, if Matt Stafford, if he's getting pressure and he's starting to throw these weird balls all over the damn place, so you can call them tart balls, then Cincinnati is going to jump ahead and they're going to take this thing because they can score points. But I don't believe that Stafford will make too many mistakes. So I got them winning the game 31-27 Rams. What do you got, Dean? It's a tough one. Like – you mentioned everything in your mind says Rams, right? Because they have all of the categories pretty much in, on their side, right? Quarterback, right. you could go Joe Burrow because you can trust him more than Stafford. But every other category, if you go running game consistently, it's probably Rams. Wide receivers, it's probably Rams by a little bit. O-line, we know it's Rams. D-line is Rams. Secondary is Rams. Maybe linebackers you would give to the, the Bengals because linebacker core for the Rams is their weakness on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Special teams you probably give to the Bengals because they have that kicker who has, you know, just balls of steel. Yeah, I'm but, fierce. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
but everything goes to the Rams. But something just keeps nagging at me saying Joe Burrow doesn't lose in these moments. Uh, and I don't trust Stafford to not throw that tart ball. So I'm going with Cincinnati to win yes. this one. In a close one, I'm going Cincinnati 30, Rams 27. Classic game, right. big interception in a big moment from Stafford. All right. We all know that Eli Apple is going to be the one to pick it off, right? <laughs> <laughs> if Eli Apple gets the pick, we're not going to hear the end of it. Me, oh, my Lord. Giants and Saints Ooh. fans are not going to hear the end of it for sure. Never. Uh, he's made some big plays in these playoffs, man. He's made some big plays. So I have to give him credit on that. But he still sucks. But I have yeah. to give him credit <laughs> for making those big plays that he made. Yeah, he was in the right place at the right time. That does happen once in a while. But no, I mean, all right. So you're both on Cincinnati. I'm going Rams, but shoot, I'm definitely rooting for Cincinnati. I will tell you that. I would love to see this underdog of the world come out. And, like something we haven't seen since the St. Louis Rams of 2000, 2001, whatever it was. You know, we haven't seen a team do anything like this. It, really, they're being credible. So, all right. I got the Rams 31-27. You guys got Cincinnati, but damn it, I am rooting for freaking Cincinnati. I'll tell you that right now. I am praying that they win. I hope they come out hot, just like we start with this. this oh, yeah. I think it's very vital. Come on. Uh-huh. That's right. On top. Here we go. time you all know what's up that's what it's all about we are here we talk some super bowl we talk some awards and now we are ready for knowledge with nikki what has she got for us this week oh it's super bowl week oh excellent day all right all right can't wait to do it let's let's rock and roll who goes first this week It'll be you this week, Jay. It will be me this week, and me it is. All right. Super Bowl trivia. Here we go. And everybody in the chat, I want to know who you guys have for your Super Bowl winners. Right? Oh, yeah. Please. Yeah, I do. Oh, I know, because everybody's hey. on the Rams. When hey, I get Nikki, it. Before we get into the trivia, Super Bowl MVP, who you got, Ooh. Jay? Well, because oh. I am picking the Rams, and because Cooper Cup is everything in the world, I'm going Cooper Cup. I have I to. I guess I have to go Joe Burrow, right? I have to. Joe Burrow. I'm go. going with an upset pick. I'm going Jamar Chase. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> That'd probably be the first rookie to ever win the Super Bowl MVP, right? Oh, yeah. I got to look that up, but I would imagine so. All right. That, yeah. Good call with the MVPs. Nice. Yep, Courtney Cup. He's a beast. I'm with you all the way. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, Jay, here we go. Question one. How many people will miss work the day after the Super Bowl? How many people will miss work the day after the Super Bowl? I will say 150 million. No. See? That's crazy. That's way too oh, man. How many people live in Cincinnati? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so yes, uh, I'm. I'm a guess. There's Cincinnati's not the biggest city, so I'm a guess. There's three million people in Cincinnati. I'm probably going too high, but I'm gonna go three million to miss work. Seventeen million. Seventeen million. Oh. Which is four billion in lost productivity. And why this is not like a federal national holiday, it don't should, understand. Yeah, it should be a holiday. Yeah, the Bowl should be a holiday for sure. Or at least they should put it on Saturday night and, you know, whatever, so we can have no, Sunday. No, let us get the Monday off. I know, I'm really <laughs> I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the holiday. I'll take, take the, the holiday. holiday. If I ever run for president, my platform is solely Monday after Super Bowl is a day off. Oh, you got my vote. <laughs> like retail's closed, everybody's closed. We shut it down yeah. and recoup. All right, no doubt. Three day work week would be mine. <laughs> what? Three day work week. Oh, my yeah, platform. I know. Like, can we please? Like, why? If you finish your work in five hours, what do you got to sit there for the extra three or four? Like, yeah, you know. I will vote for either one of you for president. That's <laughs> <laughs> dual ticket. Here we go. <laughs> right. All right, number two. Jay, how many gems are encrusted on the Super Bowl rings? Each Ooh. one. Gems? Yes. So that's not diamonds. This is gems. 
totally yeah. different, right? Oh God. Um, trying to think of something significant. Uh, I'll just I'll say eighteen. No, D. Uh, I'm gonna say thirty-two. A hundred and fifty. Oh wow. Damn. <laughs> a lot oh, is thirty-two. There's thirty-two teams. Let's see. <laughs> Damn. Let me get one of them gems just so I can make yeah, sure. Right? Just one. Just one. Yeah, Let me just get crazy. one. Uh, okay. Number three. How many cases of beer are sold on Super Bowl Sunday? Wow. I'm a calculator out over here. Yeah. <laughs> How many cases of beer are sold on Super Bowl Sunday? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do appreciate that Jay like actually does math because I'd probably just throw a random number out. Well, I'm usually just <laughs> how many cases of beer are sold. I'm gonna say, uh, gosh, you know, about 550,000. No, see, uh, I'm gonna go with like on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm gonna go fifty million. I'll give it to you, forty nine point two million. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Nice way, nice way to go, man. That was great. Yeah, damn. Right <laughs> on the money you. there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> nice job. It's a lot of beer. Don't you guys drink yeah. anything else? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I for me. I wonder how much hard liquor is because beer is more of a football, you know, sports like sit down yeah. and drink. Because hard liquor, you can mess around, drink too much, go to sleep. Yeah, like, you, like beer, you can still you can have your buzz and still be able to pay attention. So that's why I think beer is more of the go-to drink for games. It's happened to me on Saturday it's night, which you guys know. So I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I keep texting you." <laughs> that's right. That was great. Oh man, yep. <laughs> Good thing you didn't get sent too many times. Good job. Yeah, yeah, it was just one of the, you know, it was like one of those weeks, and they're like, "Do you want a drink? You want a drink?" And when the drinks are good, you're like, "Yeah, just keep going." Then you <laughs> up to go to your car, and it's like, "Oh, uh huh, exactly." <laughs> All right, Jay, number four. Okay, what or how many? I I don't know how to word this. What are the average calories consumed at a football party per person? Ooh. Per person, yes. Um, so, like the average, yeah, the person consumes an average amount of calories. Twenty five hundred. No, Did I'm gonna go ten thousand. Eight thousand. Wow, give that to you. That's wow. pretty. That's close. close. Wow, give it to him. Right, two. Oh. Two up. <laughs> All right. That's, oh my god, that's a lot. I, I mean, I guess, yeah, like you gotta think between the pizza, the wings, and the beer, yeah, like it's a, <laughs> you're eating all you're consuming a lot of calories there, and then if it's hard liquor, it's even more. So, yeah, nobody's having wings this year, they're too expensive, and there's like no chicken anywhere. So, oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> so. I just have to tell you, wings now, remember, like they used to be like eight dollars, like appetizer. I see yeah. saw them on the menu for like $26. Yeah, wings are getting more and more expensive on the menu for sure. They know we love them. That's why. Yeah. But chicken wings are like America's delicacy. Like, <laughs> I feel like they're, they should be America's food as like a representative. <laughs> Pretty much. <it> is. <laughs> All right, D, here we go. Come on, Jay. You got to steal two, three. I thought you were going to ask actual like Super Bowl questions. But no, are- <laughs> that's the trick. I know. I should know better. <laughs> All right, D. As of 2020, a 30 second Super Bowl ad cost about $5.6 million. How much did those same 30 seconds cost in 1967? Wow. Uh, 19, the NFL wasn't a top sport yet. So, 1967, I'm going to say that those same 30 seconds. Might have cost you a hundred thousand. No, Jay. I'm gonna say something silly like fifteen dollars. Forty thousand. Ooh, forty thousand. Oh, damn! Ma got it on right on the nose. Holy shit! Nice job. <laughs> How'd she do that? Did she? 
Yeah, look, I don't, like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't, right. People in the world who just like know trivia stuff. Yeah, not me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two. What percentage of adults living in states where sports betting is legal don't actually know that they're allowed to bet on the Super Bowl? Uh, I feel like it's kind of hard not to know now with how much they advertise it. Um, but again, we're sports fans, so that's all we see is the sports betting advertisements. Um, so for people who don't really watch it, I'm going to say 50% because like half the people at the Super Bowl party are just there because it's an event. So I'm going to say 50%. <laughs> Jay? <laughs> I would say uh, I was going to go somewhere in his area. I'm going to go like 58%. Uh, D, closest without going over, 52%. That works. All right. D kicking butt again, man. He is. He is. I see. I think that's crazy because if you live in a, like it's legal here in Jersey, I don't know. I just assume everybody knows. But I guess. but the thing is, the especially like advertisement, if you're not watching sports, the advertisement on social media is something for you. So True. if you're not, for us, because we follow so many sports people and all that stuff, we're going to see the sports betting advertisements. For yep. people who are all about just reality TV shows, they don't see that. Right. <laughs> That's true. All right. What is the average price for a super Super Bowl ticket this year on the resale market? Oh my God. I know it's crazy. Um that's something I, I want to rant about too. That's uh, but I think it's like eight thousand maybe. Jay? It's like forty thousand. $9,843. Wow. See, that's close. I'll give it to you. Right? Yeah. I'm off by 1000 All right. Wow. Yeah. Four yeah. Getting boat whooped over here. All right. <laughs> Last one for you guys. I found this very interesting. What percentage of people would give up their vacation days for an entire year just to see their team win the Super Bowl? Okay. Percentage of people. I'm going to say, I'm going to go 30%. Jay? 39%. No. 52. Oh, wow. The same amount of people that don't know they can bet are <laughs> also giving up their vacation days. How about that? Damn. All right. Yeah. If I could go, like if I could get two free tickets to the Super Bowl and my Saints are in it, I probably would give up the rest of my vacation days for that. See, there you go. Yeah. Ah, shoot, man, I don't know. The two free tickets got to be included. So yeah. go to the game. Yeah. And airfare and the hotel and the party. Yeah. Like, we, it needs to be like a real, the package it's a really expensive to weekend. your, yes, vacation package. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really mm-hmm. expensive weekend if you think about it. That's what is on my to-go or my, I guess, bucket list to go to the Super Bowl. But, man, I feel like as regular people, you just can't go anymore. No. Can't I know you can't. Yeah, you got to have freaking stupid amounts of money. It's ridiculous. So that's why, like, I remember talking to uh, Jerry Porter, former Oakland Razor receiver, mm-hmm. uh, when they oh, went off the Tampa Bay and Super Bowl. He said, like, it was weird because the cheers, it seemed like they were playing like a museum. Because you would hear, like, faint cheers. All the people who are real fans were all up top. Yeah. <laughs> so you would just hear their cheers. And all the corporate people were the ones that had the good seats, so you wouldn't really hear them cheering at all. So it was really weird, and it took a while for him to get into the game because you didn't really feel the energy. I don't really like the Super Bowl for that reason. I like yeah. it, but there's so much, like, fanfare, and, you know, you're trying to pull in the casual fan. Like you said, half the people there just don't even realize what they're watching. It's like a yeah. corporate event. Like, everybody sponsored something. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's I don't know, it's kind of tough for a true fan because all of this goes on, and no, like – Regular people like us, we can't really go to that game. So yeah. nope. it sucks. I know somebody or something like that. Yeah, yeah. we would literally have to get meter credentials to go now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, that's like, then the, the media seats probably aren't the best. Uh, I have to ask Mike about that. I know he's been to yeah. the Super Bowl. Uh, but it's something that fans, it's been priced out for fans. I really hate that. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. 
And uh, yeah, God, yeah. But hopefully we'll get to go to a Super Bowl one day. I don't know, but one of our teams will all go represent. And we'll see what happens. Who will make it? <laughs> We're gonna have to start saving now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know we got a quick show for you guys today, but we want to end it off with a few Hall of Fame finalists who are or are not going to be getting in this year. And I wanted the guys concentrate on three wide receivers whose names are on the ballot. And look, it's very hard to get three wide receivers in, especially when you have other names in there. Um, Jared Allen is in there. Rondé Barber, Tony Baselli is still on the on the on the docket. Your boy Sam Mills, uh, D. Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware is around there. Uh, Patrick Willis, my boy, and Brian Young. He's not going to get in. He's been on the ballot forever. But the three wide receivers we've got to talk about: Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson. All right, so. D, starting with you first, I believe all three of them are Hall of Famers. It's a matter of when they get in. Taking anything aside from how long somebody's been on the ballot or waited or whatever, yada, yada, all that stuff, I would have to go Andre Johnson and then Torrey Holt by a smidge over Reggie Wayne because of all the stuff that he did. But Reggie Wayne, when Marvin Harrison left, was still doing amazing things. So Reggie Wayne is an all-around great unbelievable Hall of Fame wide receiver. So is Torrey Holt and so is Andre Johnson. But I would take Andre Johnson first out of those three, Damian. Oh, man, that's really tough, man. I'm pulling up their their statistics now just to give a little reference point. All right. You'll be but the man for that. When you look at Andre Johnson, so for me, when I look at Hall of Famers, I want to see consistent greatness over their career. So if you play 12 seasons, I want to see greatness in like eight or nine of those for me to consider you a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Andre Johnson, once he got a chance to be great, he was great until the end pretty much. Uh, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons over 1,100 yards. So not just over 1,000, but 1,100 in his main years was the – minimum when he was healthy yeah uh, he had two seasons where he led the league in catches two other seasons where he led the league in total yards in 08 and 09 and mind you damien he's doing this with horrible quarterbacks all right yeah he didn't have yes. Peyton manning like reggie wayne did and he didn't have kurt warner like tory holt did we're talking about like brock osweiler or sage rosenfels or kyle orton crappy things wow. like that <laughs> yeah you you're talking about Matt Schaub, who had a pick six burger named Matt after him. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so, like, when you think about that aspect of it, combined with the fact that he was able to put up those stats over those years, Andre Johnson would be first for me. I would go Reggie Wayne a little bit over Torrey Holt because I feel like his longevity, as far as both guys were great for a long time, but Reggie Wayne, I thought did it more uh, as far as just being on top basis in Torrey Holt. Torrey Holt's stats are amazing as well, though. Like, all three guys, like you said, are Hall of Famers. Oh, yeah. Should be Hall of Famers. Yeah. Because um, it's tough to separate those three guys. Like, you did a great job of picking three guys who will be hard to, like, really pick a difference between them. There's nothing that stands out and like, okay, this guy automatically is over that guy because mm-hmm. of this. None of that. So, I would go... Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, and Torrey Holt. But with Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt, it's honestly, they can go back and forth, honestly. I, I totally agree. Between them, there's, I mean, it's a, a hairline, you know, if you want to call yeah. it. I mean, really, it's nothing. I mean, they're basically tied. But, um, Nikki, yeah, me and D like Andre Johnson, number one. Uh, look, if he was playing with a better quarterback, God knows the numbers he would have put up. And he's like the Barry Sanders of wide receivers. We could say that about Calvin Johnson, too, just retiring too early and could have put up yeah. so much more numbers. But, I guess you got tired of it, Nick. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. I think he has to go first if we're talking about these three. Um, and I think Tory Holt gets overlooked a lot. So just for that factor, I'll put him above Reggie Wayne. All right. So, a, little bit, a little bit more love. Yeah. I do think he he gets overlooked a little too much. Yeah, Nikki, to your point, looking back at Tory Holt's stats, I'm like, did I make a mistake picking Reggie Wayne? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because when you look at Torrey Holt, because like you say, he gets overlooked. Yeah, he does. And he's um, farther removed from playing than the other two guys. Yeah. So when you remember his career, you think about those years with, you know, Kurt Warner, and you tend to forget about the others. But even when they had, uh, what was the guy's name after Kurt Warner? Mark Bulger. Mark Bulger. Even when they had Mark Bulger, he still was out there doing his yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, 
Yeah, his career, you know, you think about the fact that he had two seasons over 1,600 yards. That by itself is insane. No joke. Uh, and, yeah, he had four over 1,300. That's, yeah, that's nasty. <laughs> he, and this is during a time where passing wasn't as easy as it is now. Right, right. Yeah. All these guys. Uh, so the fact that you were able to put up these stats during that time, you got to give all three guys that respect. And I think all three deserve to be Hall of Famers. And all three will be Hall of Famers. It's a matter of when they get in, and we'll see what happens. Like we said, there are other people on the, on the docket this year. You know, Leroy Butler, Devin Hester is going to probably get in this year. He should. Um, he should. Like, yeah. Greatest see, I don't think he will. You, you don't, don't think he's going to get in? No, I don't think this time. I just think there's too much competition. But I just I don't think it'll be this time. I think, I'm okay I think with that. But. I'm okay with that, that there are other players that maybe are more deserving. But, yeah, Devin Hester, best uh, returner of all time, even over Deion Sanders and Dante Hole, if you remember from the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like a human joystick. It was amazing. Yeah. But Devin Hester, I mean, look, he returns the opening kickoff in the Super Bowl. I mean, how much more excitement do you want to start off a freaking game? I mean, yeah. Rex Grossman yeah. and them got their ass kicked by Peyton and all, but still <laughs> pretty amazing. Oh, man. Hey, big shout out to Lovey Smith getting that a chance to be a yeah, yeah. Because uh, when you think about the fact that he got to the Super Bowl with Kyle Orton and Rex Grossman as, <laughs> as his quarterbacks, for real, he got really like, come on, what more does this guy have to do? And he got a really uh, bad hand dealt in Tampa Bay there when they fired him after what the second season when they were improving, yeah. right? Because Dirk Cutter was doing such a good job with Jameis. Saw how that went. <laughs> so, <laughs> so love, I'm glad Lovey Smith's getting that a chance. Hopefully, he gets a real chance, unlike uh, David Cully did. Yeah, for real. I mean, yeah, Lovey Smith, you know, hopefully this will give him time because, again, it's a franchise that is in disarray right now. They don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, They got Davis Mills, I guess, is going to be their quarterback. So let's see if he's any good. Yeah. So um, a guy who's been to the Super Bowl, Lovey Smith, you know, took his team there, a bad Chicago Bears team, like you said, and brought him all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he deserves a head coaching job. I just wish that he got a better job, to be honest with you. But it is a job. And um, look – they can't get much worse. So, I mean, this man's definitely going to bring him up. I have no doubt about that. But let's just see how high they do get, you know, in that division. Uh, Titans and Colts, of course. And we'll see if the Jaguars ever get any good. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> eventually. Eventually. But um, oh, they're taking a step in the right direction. I think Doug Peterson will be yeah. the right guy to turn it around. You know, he did. I like that hire. Yeah. You yeah have nah, to- he's, a, he's a good coach for sure. They're. Just, I don't know if he can overcome the amount of dysfunction with that franchise, though. I don't know if any coach can. Uh, like, just the the way they went about their coaching search. Uh, listening to Mike's podcast, the Tony FC South, he had a writer from Jacksonville on, and just him talking about the insides of their coaching search and what happened and what was going on. It's like, it's just so not professional. It's oh, like, no, like I, I don't listen. know. If anybody can overcome that amount of dysfunction, I you know, wish him the best and I hope you know, Trevor Lawrence can have a chance to develop there. But I don't know, man. It's rough. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. No. Crazy, crazy. Crazy that we had a short show today, but uh, yeah. it's all right, man. It's all good. Hey, you know, a little over an hour. We got a Super Bowl picks in. You guys are going Cincinnati. I'm going to L.A., which means that I will definitely lose. Cincinnati will win. And I'll be happy about it because I want them to. <laughs> you know, they never won a Super Bowl before. So let them have one. You know, give them one. Yeah. 49ers beat him twice, so, you know, we're cool. We're cool. Let him have it. Nah, speaking as a fan of a team who won a Super Bowl after being a franchise for 40-something years, you finally get that first one. If you're a true fan of that team, there's no feeling like it. Like, I literally shed tears when Tracy Porter caught the interception to seal the game and ran for the pick six. Like, so I'm, I'm rooting for Cincinnati fans to have that feeling. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It's yeah. the best. I told you, I cried when the Giants won the Super Bowl. I did not cry on my wedding day. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but um. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. I didn't cry on my window either. So, yeah, we're, we're both psychopaths. <laughs> you going on, you know, and yeah. you're just like, nervous and it's not like. Yeah, too many emotions. Guys, so, yeah, you don't know what to expect and every, you know, your adrenaline's going. I think my adrenaline kicked in more than emotions kicked in. Mm, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I dig it. I dig it. Well, we'll see. I'm rooting for Cincy. That would be freaking awesome. But uh, let's get our parting shots out here. Nikki, tell them what's up. What's up? You guys can find me on Twitter, of course, at Nikki Nick 9384 We had the Below Deck reunion on Monday. We had Real Housewives of Jersey last night. And since we have a quick show for you guys tonight, I guess I'll catch 
Real Housewives of Orange County. Oh, live. yeah. How about that? How about that? And of course, streaming the Olympics on Peacock and the figure skating. And if you haven't checked out my article of Nikki's top 10 favorite figure skating moments, go to our website, centurypodcast.com. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Damien, tell them what's going on. Yeah, you can follow me on all social media platforms at the real deal WDA. That's the real deal W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha. Uh, you can find my articles on thirdandthreepodcast.com. I'll actually be finishing a boxing one here probably later on tonight and post that tomorrow. Uh, and Jason, man, you've been posting, you've been doing so much on the website. Oh uh, so please go and check out Jason's work on the third and three podcast.com. He is continuing to just Kill. put out great content. Just it's so much great content, man. Like I said, it's always good to have a content in your life. So after you listen to our podcast, you listen to my podcast, The Real Deal with Damian Adams, while you're doing it, while you're listening, go ahead and read Jason's articles on the third and three podcast.com. So you can have all that good content in your life. It brings down your cholesterol. <laughs> it has your, your heart beating at the right level. It helps with everything, man. So go ahead and check it out. But I had to give Jason a shout out, man, because I literally had to text him like, hey, man, I can't keep up with all the stuff you're hey, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, I did Courtney's show on Sunday, and we were joking. He's like, Jason probably has, like, his Super Bowl article out right now. And he's, I'm like, I can't keep up. I literally can't. I get, like, no, no. one article to his five. <laughs> yeah. It's all so, good. Yeah. It's all good. I'm gonna try to. I'm not gonna match Jason's output, but I'm definitely gonna do more articles as well, and have especially like boxing, basketball season heating up. You mentioned the Lakers earlier. I'll probably do an article about them this weekend and their struggles. Uh, so go ahead and check out Third and Three Pod, Third and Three Podcast.com, and check out my podcast, The Real Deal with Damian Adams. Just did an episode about the Keith Thurman fight from this past weekend uh, on that one. So go ahead and subscribe. Put the full thing like a pimp name, slick back. Put the real deal with Damian Adams in your favorite podcast platform. It will be there. All right. That's right. My man is rising in the ranks too. Freaking uh, people are noticing my man D over there and that as they should. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I am merely Jason Fearman, Sports Profit One. Yes, I have been writing a lot of articles, had a little time in my hands. So it's okay. Yeah, go to 33 Podcasts and check out the content and Write some comments in there, whatever you think. We got some uh, running backs to wear their best numbers, quarterbacks to wear best numbers. Um, all of our Super Bowl previews will probably be coming within the next couple of days or so. But, yeah, get on over third and three. You can catch all our previous shows. And with that being said, Nikki, you ready for the wave? I'm ready. Let's give it. Podcasting. <laughs> Peace out. The princess has.